0: Do you feel the same? And we are recording. Hi, welcome back to Drinks First. I am so excited to have our guest today. She is the Queen of Confidence and Serena Fucking Kerrigan. Um, I'm gonna let her talk a little bit about herself. So Do you mind telling us how old you are and where you're from? Sure. I'm from New
1: York City, born and raised Upper West Side. I'm 26 years old and yeah, I'm a content creator. Used to work at Refinery29 for four years as a video producer. And then I decided to leave to start my own, to work on my brand that I already started to really grow it into an empire, um, which inspires my followers to be unapologetically in love with themselves, to be sexually free and to stop giving fuck what other people think.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What's really cool about a lot of people who listen is that they're from New York City. So the background of like where you're from and where where are you living now? Where did you go to school? I went to Fieldston,
1: which was in Riverdale. And then I went to Duke uh, for undergrad in North Carolina. And then I came back here. I lived at home for two years And then which was interesting. And then I moved to Lower East Side with my best friend who I've known since eighth grade. Um, We also went to Duke together and she is currently in Connecticut with her parents during quarantine. But I'm still here holding down the fort and I love it.
0: Well, a few more questions. And I know things are a little bit different right now, but love asking all my guests, where do you like to go out and where do you like to eat? I've been going to Acme forever, which is just, like, so wild because, like, I don't know.
1: I'm kind of – I'm a little bored of the going out scene in New York, and I'm not sure – I mean, now I'm really bored because we don't go out. But um, me and my friends, we started just going to Brooklyn to, like, more, like, deep house. Uh, Like, I don't want to call them raves because whenever I say the word rave, it feels like it's, like, EDM and Molly and, like, just Mm -hmm. greatness. But, like, I feel like – you know, New York is a very small city. Manhattan's a very small island and the capacity to get into places, it's its difficult. And um, we just feel like it's more, like everyone can go to a concert. And when I say concert, it's not like a concert. It's just like a dance floor with music, but it's just like we're, way more welcoming, inviting. Like there's not a table. Mm-hmm. There's not like a hard door to get into. I, I prefer it. So I love Acme. I love Paul's Baby Grand. Um Casablanca, those are like my spots, and
0: then I, my roommate really got me on the deep house train, and so we go to mm-hmm. a lot. Well, where in Brooklyn do you like? Is it like good room nowadays? Like what? Yeah, a- Public Records, um, mm-hmm. Love, yeah, Gowanus It's a nice trek from here. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. Definitely living at home. Yeah, like Upper West Side to Brooklyn is yeah, like a top whole top. mecca. <laughs> um. So let's talk about your dating life. Let's talk. Tell me, tell me a bit about. Let's let's start at the beginning. What who what was your first relationship? Oh
1: wow. Okay. Um. Hmm. That's interesting. Like my first real I fell in love, love, love relationship was in college. Um, I Mm -hmm. was a senior. He was a junior. He was a tennis player. Um my ex-boyfriend, both of us were really young. He was immature. I was immature. I think that, you know, it was like, I was not as like, college is a weird time to be in a relationship because there's so much free time. At least I had a lot of free time. Like I wanted to be with my boyfriend 24-7 and when he didn't want to be with me, I was like, how, why would you not want to be with me? Like, how could you choose to be with other people? And like, that's insane. So like, I felt like there was a real imbalance there that I was... I felt insecure in the relationship for a lot of reasons, but then what I would do is I would just like try to like latch onto him and then he would pull away more and it was this cyclical thing. So I really didn't like how codependent I became. I'm someone who's like, I'm an only child from New York City, divorced parents. Like I'm a naturally like very independent person. And I just kind of lost myself in that relationship. Um, And it took me a really, really long time to get over it. I would say like, this was the first year that I was like, oh my God, like, I don't like feel anything. Like I'm so happy for him. And like, we moved on because like, yeah, first love hits really, really hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And how long
1: were you in that relationship? I was in that relationship for a year and a half. I got dumped at a wedding. Jesus. Yeah. His brother's wedding. It was pretty tough.
0: You got dumped Um, at his brother's wedding. Yeah.
1: Like when the wedding was like ending, which was like so ridiculous. It's such a good story though. So whatever. But.
0: Wait, tell me, tell
1: me about that. It was just like the relationship needed to end. And I think that like he felt obligated to like have me come, but I just remember like walking in and seeing his face. And I was like, that's not a good sign. And then like, Mm. I was just like, Thoroughly ignored the entire night, but I was just like, "Whatever, like you know, he's the best man, like he has duties, you know." And then it just like when the wedding ended, we went to a bar, and then it just kind of exploded. And he was like, "Oh, it's so bad." But he was just like, "This is over." Like we had a good ride, and like slammed the Uber in my face. And I kind of was just like, "Okay, he's wasted. Like this isn't real." And it was very real. And like it's just so immature and stupid. And you know, we've obviously like mended things since then, and. But I think, you know, I knew that the relationship was over long before it ended and mm-hmm. I couldn't call it because I think that I was so scared of losing him. But I think that, like, what I've learned is, like, everyone deserves the best and they will get the best if they, you know, set boundaries and limitations and, and you know, and, and grow up. And I think ever since then, like, I really pay attention to red flags from the very start. Mm-hmm. I don't have any bad blood towards him. We've made up. We've, like, we're good. Uh, like, we text each other or, like every once in a while, whatever, but I just think that, like, it was a really significant moment in my life, because I felt like it was the first time I fell in love with someone, which was such an amazing thing in the world, but, like, it was my first time falling in love with someone, so they're, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, and it just because you guys are in love doesn't mean you're supposed to be together, and realizing mm-hmm. that is really tough, but, you know, it's a great, every relationship is just such a great learning lesson for the next one, so.
0: Yeah, so how do you, your, your sort of persona, your Serena fucking Kerrigan, uh, that came from college, right?
1: I did. Yeah. So, so I was insecure as a freshman and I just was like, I need to just do something outrageous. And I just told everyone I changed it legally to fucking. And <laughs> did you actually? Guess we'll never know. <laughs> But it was like, it was just, it was really important for me. I mean, I felt like since I was really young, like really, really young, I I felt like so much of my self-worth was predicated on a guy giving me attention and it took a really long fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. like actually I'd say with, within the three years, I mean, I think me and my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend have been broken up for four years. I'd say these four years have been so pivotal for me. But I think that also was, you know, Mirrored with the fact that like I started my job and then I created my brand and I feel so much self fulfillment for myself that I don't need a man to like make me feel beautiful or cool or happy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the problem with college is that it's a hookup culture. You don't really like at least at Duke like you were either studying or you were blacking out. Like there was no real way to like talk to people and engage with people sober and like chilling. Like the just like, it wasn't set up like that with the opposite sex. So. It was just like, you wouldn't, it was very, it was just predominantly a hookup culture and it was, it was tough. You know, it really, it was really hard for me. I mean, I have like videos of me, like crying in the bathroom, like really just sad. I feel sad for myself back then because I really felt like my beauty and like how great of a person I was, was entirely based off of like, if I hooked up with someone, which like, I literally look back at all the guys I hooked up with and I'm like,
0: ew, literally you're fucking welcome. Like, (laughs) Do you think growing up in New York City had any, like, impact on how you had relationships in, like, in college?
1: Uh, that's an interesting question. I think that I'm someone who's really open-minded. I'm not judgmental. I'm, like, we live in the most diversity in the world. I've hooked up with a, a very diverse group of men before and dated lots of men and, uh, and boys because, like, you know, growing up. But, like... <laughs> so I think that I'm just someone who's really open-minded and I think that that's something that's very New York Um, Mm -hmm. and I love people that are really independent again really New York and driven you know so I think I'm more likely to like be open-minded to a person that's like entirely different than me versus someone who like grew up in a really small town in a bubble who like can't even imagine dating someone outside of their culture or race or whatever
0: Mm mm-hmm so going from, well, your relationship sort of lasted towards the end of college. How did you sort of transition into like living at home and navigating dating in New York? Oh my God.
1: Yeah, it was tough. I felt like, you know, I mean, my my parents were super chill. I, I lived with my mom and she really like let me do whatever I want. It kind of sucked though. Like I would be out until like five in the morning and she'd be like, where are you? Where are you? And I was like, I know I live with you, but like, it's my life. And that was a very difficult transition. And we handled it really, really well. But then what I wanted, when I started to get suffocated, that's really when like we needed to break. I think I brought a home guy once. I brought a guy home. (laughs) I brought a guy home once and I remember my mom like hurt us and like never again. Like it was just so ah, no. <laughs> so excruciatingly painful, and it was on Mother's Day. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was oh, bad. it's 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 such a weird thing to go li- li- being four years, you know, living with your friends to move back in with your parents. But the amount of money you save, it's like unbeatable.
0: No, I'm literally like I'm saving you know thousands of dollars a year for basically my love life that's fine right. <laughs> I'm like I'll, I'll take I'll take the L for right now right but overall a W but uh, it, it's true like a lot of people who listen to my podcast they ask questions about like how to navigate dating while living at home because a lot of people have moved back home or moved with their parents and it's just a, it's a shit <laughs>
1: I mean to be honest I think that your first like And, you know, someone can come at me. I think your first two years in New York should not be about dating. I think they should be Mm -hmm. about establishing yourself and your career, about making new friends. Like, I freshman year of New York, that's what me and my friends call it, was, like, the best year. Like, there's this place called Southside. Oh, my God. It was literally the best place to go out ever. Like, when it should. I would go there Friday and Saturday. And sometimes I would go alone. Like, if my friend got too drunk, I would literally go alone because everyone from New York went there. Like everyone mm-hmm. was there. Like it was, the, it was literally like college. Like it was amazing. When it shut down, we all literally wanted to die. But I think that like, I wouldn't say like, I wasn't like going on hinge dates. I wasn't like, I was just like fucking focused on making new friends, having friends, being, getting into the rhythm of like not being in college anymore. So like, I wouldn't really worry about navigating your dating life. I mean, hooking up with people on the other hand, it's it's tricky. Like you have to go to the, the guy's house. Like that sucks mm-hmm. because like, I didn't like that. I didn't like having to like walk of shame slash stride of pride, obviously in the morning. Like I just didn't like that, but you got to, you got to make some sacrifices. Yeah.
0: What, what like prompted you to
1: move out? It was just time. Like I, it was two years and like my roommate, her lease was ending with her room or her former roommates. And I just was ready. Like I wanted to kill my mom and my mom and I are best friends. So I was like, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's like, it I was, it was, it's important. It's also like, you don't feel like an adult when you're living at home. Like you have someone who's making you food, cooking, whatever, checking on you. Like you need to learn to be on your own. And that's only going to happen when you leave.
0: And how did you see your life change from moving out? I mean, it was like incredible. Like
1: it is amazing. Mm -hmm. I also like love my apartment. I love my roommate. Like, she's my best friend. So obviously like there were not concerns, but I was like, I wonder what our dynamic is going to be. I, we've never fought one time, never like Mm -hmm. ever. Like we're very similar and like our cleanliness, like we're very similar. And like, it just, we were both really driven and we just can't stop talking ever to each other. And I wouldn't like, I never really want to live with anyone else unless like, you know, I get married.
0: (laughs) I love So, did you find yourself in another serious relationship, like, after the one in college? I did. I dated a guy for, like, three months
1: last year, which was, like, I I mean, I called him my boyfriend, so, like, that's as serious as, I mean, we, we sorry, we dated, like, officially for three months, but we were, like, together for, like, six months, and he had gone to my high school. Um, He was way older than me. He was a huge sweetheart, Um, and it was really important for me to have that relationship, because he was the opposite of my ex. And he was, like, the sweetest, like, was a very entirely available all the time. Which I felt like was the issue with my ex-boyfriend. I never felt like he was available. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, the opposite extreme. And, you know, obviously my takeaway from that was I don't want an extreme. I want, like, the middle ground. So, mm-hmm. But it was absolutely necessary for me to be like, oh, this is, like, how you're treated, you know. I feel like I'm totally shitting on my ex-boyfriend. And I'm, I'm not. Like, I, it's you know, when you're in college and you're 21, 22 years old, like, you don't know what a relationship is. Like, it's not, you know.
0: How did you guys meet the the guy that went to your high school?
1: Like, he, honestly, he slid into my DMs, which is so funny.
0: <laughs> I love that. See, it could work. <laughs> but... It
1: work. but I was like, what? Because like, he was like the cool like senior when I was a freshman. So when, you know, when he hit me up, I was like, oh,
0: okay. Well, how, how did he hit you up?
1: he literally I can't
0: remember I think he
1: literally was like want to get a drink and I was like okay
0: nice so since then it's been those two relationships and now you're you're doing your thing you're finding your corona boyfriend nah.
1: not we haven't found him yet we're in search of.
0: searching searching for searching. do you want to explain to some people who might not know what's it's so going funny Because like
1: before shelter in place happened in New York before quarantine I like was going to an event and I just like randomly was like so, like, I feel like things are about to get really bad. Like, should I get a corona boyfriend? And I kind of coined this term that I, like, now have, like, written for Refinery29. Like, Bustle's quoted me. CNBC has interviewed me. AOL has interviewed me. You're interviewing me. Like, Refinery29 came back to me and was like, so you're, like, a dating expert now. Like, we want to do another video with you. And I'm like, what? Literally, I'm not a dating expert at all. But I think I just, like, ended up branding myself as this. It's not an expert. But it's more like someone who can really speak about it because... I was very interested in why someone like me, who's so fiercely independent, so career oriented, so uninterested in being in a relationship, felt this anxiety to suddenly shackle up with someone as all this was going down. And I think it's totally normal. I think a lot of people were feeling that way too, that it's like, it's such an, I mean, it's, it's a lot of anxiety, a lot of time and that weekend that everyone that the quarantine started happening and everyone was leaving the city was like all my coupled friends were like going to the Hamptons like going to like upstate like going to their country home da, da, da. and I was like cool I guess I'll just stay on the Lower East Side like all by myself like what like so it really like was very difficult for me at first which also was I was also upset because I was like why is this so difficult because this is not on brand and I mean, I spoke to a psychologist. I spoke to a cultural anthropologist. I asked so many people. I've interviewed so many people about it. And, like, it's totally normal. And, like, you know, human beings, like, to be mentally stable, like, to be healthy, like, they have to feel connected. They have to feel competent. And they have to feel in control. And, like, our control was taken away from us, right? Like, we're not able to do things we normally do. We lack a lot of competency because a lot of us can't do our jobs or, like, I don't know. Like, there's we're now doing fucking classes on zoom and like people like, so that's another thing. And then connectedness, like we're not physically together. So it's normal to want to try to like, I mean, you literally get creative in how we feel a sense of control, whether it's like rearranging our cabinets or cleaning out our closets. And then with competency, it's like figuring out how to like continue your life, like whether it's on zoom or virtually or whatever. And then the connectedness is like finding someone talking to someone, whatever. And so, you know, Like I was basically dating someone very casually, like so casually that I met at like my holiday party before I left Refinery and it kind of, I thought it fizzled out again. Like I'm not really interested in dating. He tried to go on a date with me like a zillion times after we met. And I was like, honestly, no, like I'm not like, I I mean, I didn't even say no. I was just like really flaky, which I don't even do that. I was just like, I just thought he would get over it and he didn't. And I was like, okay, fine and we ended up hitting it off really well and saw each other a couple times but um it fizzled out because both of us were really busy and then quarantine happened and then he ended up texting me and he was like how's it going and i was like yes i found it done like 100% this is my guy like he lives a block away like perfect oh nice and we hung out and i like Remember, like you came to my apartment, and I was like over here are all the wine selections, here's the beer, here are all the snacks, frozen foods, cheez-its, cold fish, Oreos. Like I have every I have Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu. Like I was fucking like, it was as if I was like like literally auditioning for the role of a fucking housewife, which is again off fucking brand. Mm-hmm. And it was so desperate. But not, like I'm funny, like it's not, but I'm like in retrospect, I'm like literally why I can't believe I would do that. Like, first of all, like I'm a bad bitch. Like I don't need to convince anyone to fucking quarantine me, but regardless, <laughs> in a bit of a pickle. And um, he came over, we had a great night and then I kind of thought it was going to, like we were going to kind of, you know, I thought it was going to become something and then he ended up getting flu-like symptoms.
0: <laughs> oh shit. Biggest yeah, red so, flag in this situation. Like, stop. Like Mm -hmm. literally,
1: I was like, and I remember when I found that out, I was so, my birthday was also like the next day. So I was alone on my birthday, which ended up being a fucking time and a half. And if you need birthday tips, hit me up for birthday quarantine tips. But, you know, I was so, I remember when I found out, like, obviously I was really scared for him, sad for him, whatever. He's fine. He's totally fine. We're all good. I don't know if it was corona or not, but he is good to go. But it was more just like, I felt like so abandoned. Like, so sad. And, like, and I didn't react. I was, like, I'm so sorry, Phil Voter. Thank God. My old me probably would have been, like, (laughs) I don't even know what my old me would have done. Because it was so out of his control. But, like, I felt, like, so shook. Like, I had the guy. And then it just, like, it all went to shit. And I have to say, it was the best thing to ever happen to me. I feel so bad that he got sick. He's fine now. But I needed to become so – I needed to prove to myself that I'm so fucking Mm self-sufficient. And that I am, like – And what I did was I dove into my work. I created a live show. I created another live show that's called Let's Fucking Date. It's every Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I literally go on a blind date with a random person in front of my live audience. Like last week, we had like 20,000 people watching. So to be honest with you, like I needed the time alone. Like I, you know, all my friends that are with their boyfriends want to kill them or like, just like you, you, you're not as focused on your work. And for me, this was a really pivotal moment for my brand to grow. And I think I've, I've grown almost 7,000 followers on Instagram in like three weeks, which is. That's amazing.
0: That's incredible. I want to talk a little bit about
1: let's fucking date. Yeah. Basically I was asked to go on a live dating show. These two guys were running it. They basically do it in the city at a comedy club. They put blindfolds on the dates. People, two people date. Great. I love the idea. And then obviously quarantine happened. So they were like, we do it on live on Instagram. And formatting wise, you can't have three people live. It, you know, and honestly, like I did it twice with them because it was such a hit, but I realized that I was the hit, not them, Mm -hmm. but they were like, actually, they ended up being pretty misogynistic towards me. They like were talking shit about me. They were saying like, I need someone to challenge me that I like need to be put in my place. And I, by the way, I'm like a super nice chill person, but like, yeah, I'm a woman who has a personality. I'm so fucking sorry. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not gonna be like, "Mm -hmm," like, yeah, I love you. And on the first date, like I didn't like the guy, like you like people you don't like, and I'm very honest and I don't I don't bullshit, because why would I waste his time? And I was just like, I actually am not interested in going on a date with you. And he screamed at me, was like, I'm a fucking doctor. Like, you don't want to be with a doctor. Like, and like, in front of my whole live audience. Literally. And he's hysterical. And I was like, okay, sorry. I was like, yeah, that's toxic masculinity, like, at its finest. Mm-hmm. And I decided after the two episodes that I love the idea of going on dates, but I hated doing it with these hosts. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just doing what women should do, do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I started my own show. It's called Let's Fucking Date. And I have a producer who – I basically have all my followers submit people, my producer picks people, and I just run with it. And the last date that I did was actually – they've been train wrecks for the most part, which is fun. Like, it's a show. Like Let's be fucking real. And I love the guys that agree to do it because you have to have balls Mm -hmm. to, like, do this with me. But – Like the last date actually ended up going really well. Like people loved him. He was such a sweetheart and he asked me to FaceTime later tonight. So I'm like, I'm going to FaceTime him because like literally you have nothing to lose. And I think that like, that is like kind of the biggest takeaway I thought about quarantine in terms of dating is like, you have nothing to lose. Like as long as you're staying in your fucking apartment and being smart, like FaceTime someone, text them, ask a friend to set you up. Like people have so much free time there's no money on the table, no logistics on the table, no sex on the table. Like you like really have, like, you can leave the chat. You can stop texting. You can block them. You can end, them on, end the call on Zoom. Like there's, you have so much control mm-hmm. and so much freedom. Why not? You know, you never know who you're going to meet. I go on dates now with people like on my show and on FaceTime, people don't even live in New York, which I would have never done before. Cause I'm like, why would I waste my time? But now I'm like, eh, fuck it. Like if this pandemic has shown us anything, is that like Tomorrow's not promised and anything could fucking happen. So you might as well just go for it.
0: You yeah, know what I mean? That's amazing. I love that. So have you, like with all this extra time, quote unquote extra time, like have you forayed into dating apps? Um,
1: I have done hinge and I just like think it's such a joke. Like I hate apps, hate small talk, hate like there's something, it's so weird. The same person can be in front of me at a bar and stay high. And then he could be on an app and I would, and it's not about the looks. It's like, I need to feel a person's energy and like, I can't do it over the app. So I don't even care. Like, I just like, I think it's just such bullshit. Mm -hmm. I just hate the apps,
0: but I am. Are you, are you only on Hinge?
1: So I'm only on Hinge for now. I was on all of them before, but I deleted all of them. And Mm then I'm like, League, Raya, Bumble, all that shit. And then I... Gone on hinge and like the messages i get got were so absurd a lot of guys are like want to meet up for a drink and i'm like literally no the
0: amount of times i have gotten that that's like hey like wh- do you want to come over i'm like do you read the news are you insane. dense like as some sometimes i'm like you mean like over facetime and they're like no like i'm kind of i mean like in person like are you a rebel like all this weird shit i'm like this is not this ain't it this ain't no I
1: mean it's it's so horrendous so what I did was I started screenshotting these conversations and I started putting them on my story and then I went live and I started a new show so I have three shows three live shows (laughs) uh is with sfk which is every day at 6 30 eastern which is just like fucking around I'm gonna have one of the real housewives from New York Durinda, and her daughter come on next week
0: that's so much (laughs) fun
1: so fun and then I'm gonna have and then I do uh LFD let's fucking date on Fridays and then I do Randomly, I haven't really picked a time I'm gonna it because I'm waiting for my mom's iPad to come here because I can't go live and swipe at the same time, but it's called SFK Swipes and I literally just like talk to guys on dating apps because the amount it was like the most one of the most engaged nights that I did. Mm-hmm. Because people were just first of all, everyone has a story. Everyone has a dating app story, and it's just so hysterical to see how guys act on dating apps. Like it's so unacceptable. Like they just need to be schooled. So that's another show that I do. It's fun.
0: <laughs> it's true, it's actually truly incredible. Um Do you have any really funny dating stories? Like what's the worst date you've ever been on? I'm
1: really good at first dates. Like it's like I can talk to a wall. So I don't really have bad first date stories. It's more like, you know, I'm someone who, I mean, I have crazy hookup stories. Like crazy. Like I once like hooked up with a guy. I met him that night. He was like a friend of a friend. We looked up, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought that I was going into his bathroom, and I ended up going outside of his apartment, like closing the door behind me, locked, like locked, and I was butt naked, I was butt, <laughs> butt naked, like outside of his apartment, I like four in the morning. Like, fully, like, and it's as if I, like, woke up. Like, I, I, I didn't sleepwalk, but I was, like, that fucked up. Yeah. But I woke up and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And it wasn't like a doorman, like, luxury building. It was like one of those, like, walk ups in New York City. Like, so, like I was like, what do I do? I didn't have my phone. Like, I didn't, like, I was like, I can't leave. Like, I was just shook. And I ended up, like, knocking on the door, like, a million times. And he came out and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, just went, went outside for some fresh air, honey. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> like I have no idea. So, you know, um, I'm weak. <laughs> I just can't give a fuck. And I see him all the time, by the way. I see him all the time, that guy. I don't give a fuck. We never hooked up again. I don't care. I'm like, it's going in my memoir. You're fucking welcome. And it's great content. You know, I think that like the thing that happens to me on dates is that I'm such a strong personality. I'm very self-assured. And I think that some guys just can't handle it. You know, they can't handle. It. So I, I, I'd say my dating advice for any women listening is date older men.
0: Mm-hmm. Older.
1: Men mature three years slower than women. That is a scientific fucking proven fact. It's not a diss. Are there exceptions to the rule? Absolutely. But majority wise, no. So you need to realize that, like, if you're dating a 22 year old, you're actually really dating maybe an 18 year old. Literally. <laughs> can I do math? No.
0: Close. 19 year old. Close. So, um, you
1: wh- know, so I'm like going for a 30 year old right now. I think that that's like key.
0: Yeah. Well, what about advice to guys? What advice can you give to all the young 20s no guys. No more in guns, them. no more fishing, no more
1: group photos and sunglasses in your fucking dating app pictures. I do not want to see it. I don't want to see a group photo with a million guys because I don't know which one you are. Don't want to see sunglasses, can't see your face. Don't want to see guns because that's fucking gross. And fish, I'd literally could the camera less. And I know I'm speaking for a lot of women when I say that.
0: And what about a good date? Like, What, what gets your gears going? Like what... What does it for you?
1: I think someone who is funny, like I'm fucking hilarious. So like match me at my level, bitch. And then someone who's like super driven, super passionate about their career. And I don't give a fuck. Like you could, you know, but it's someone, I don't want to be with a performer. I realize like, I don't really want to be with someone who's in my field of work. That's like in front of the camera or wants to, cause like that has to be like what I dominate, but I would love, like, I love someone who like is an entrepreneur. Like I love that energy. Um, And someone who asks me questions, shocking, I know, but like I go on a lot of dates and guys don't know how to continue a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the notes that I got on my dating show is that I'm a little intense. And so like, I can, I really know how to drive a conversation forward. So I mean, I think that I'm just a little intimidating for someone who can't handle it. So I just like, it's just like, it's very obvious. So I need someone who like can can challenge me and like, who can like fucking keep up with me.
0: Have you met anybody like that?
1: huh, yeah, but, eh, I'm mm-hmm. really, like, I have, really, like, I did not, like, this is the most active I've been dating-wise, mm-hmm. I just didn't, I...
0: I feel like that's true for so many people, like, there is that fuck it mentality during quarantine, where it's, like, really, what do I have to lose, like, I'm sitting in my pajamas in my bed, like, why don't I hop on this blind Zoom date, right, it's that sort of energy, but it's, like, How do you think this is going to translate to coming back to real life? Quote, unquote, what might be normal?
1: You know, I think that, like, I think that when we get to go back to real life, I think everyone's going to be going out a lot. And, like, if you think that you're serious with a guy that you met via FaceTime, like, I would fucking reevaluate it. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I'm saying, like, I know that I'm not going to want... If I... I'm going to want to be with all my friends. I'm not going to want to be tied down. So I think there's, I know for a fact, there's going to be a lot more divorces, a lot more marriages, lots of babies and a lot of breakups and, you know, but I think that people are just going to like, want to have fucking fun. And I think that in terms of dating, I think that virtually dating before you meet, I think it's going to be more normalized. Like, I don't think I'd ever like go on a date with someone now without like giving them a call first, which before would be like so weird. But why the fuck would I waste my time? I'm not wasting my time here. Like, I'm not. It's like a pre-screener. It's a pre-screener, which is totally fine. Because it's, like, it's saving them money. It's saving you money. It's saving them time. saving you time. So why not? Why not just, like, feel it out beforehand? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's how it's going to change.
0: Do you feel like when, like, when things go, like, let me rephrase. So let's say people are sort of forming these connections right now over dating apps or whatever, like they met somebody. How do you think that is going to translate back to real life? And also how, how should people deal with that right now? Should they be continuing to talk to somebody? Like, should they be doing FaceTime dates? What are the expectations? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that, I th- no, I mean, I think that you should just be open-minded, take risks, get to know people, connect with people in different ways. Um, you don't know who you're going to meet, even if it's not romantic, like maybe it's someone that can help you with a project or maybe it's someone that can help you get a job later. I mean, it's just great to meet people and like, why not? People are really open-minded. They have the time. I think like, you know, yeah, I think it just, the stakes are so much lower here. So why not just like go for it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I just think like, at the end of the day, like the foundation of a great relationship is communication that is it Mm -hmm. it's being able to communicate it's being able to converse it's being able to go on a honeymoon for a month and fucking not run out of things to talk about that's your person so in a way all the distractions of like the city the waiters the drinking the sex does he want to have sex with me should I bring him to my apartment the money who's splitting the bill should I reach my for my purse whatever Mm -hmm. all that's gone you don't have to worry about what you're wearing really so what it does is it strips everything and it points you to what is the most important thing which is can do we have chemistry can we
0: talk Mm -hmm. so you had mentioned early on about like some of your ex-boyfriends and even the date that you went on on this show with this guy being misogynistic what are some sort of red flags that you would that are like really big for you I think it's just like not
1: asking questions is huge like I think that that was the thing that the guy in the show was like just so like I don't know it's, it's it's a it's a ping pong like you go back and forth you go back and forth you don't you're not asking a question so you can say your answer to that question you know what I'm saying like you just it's you're genuinely wanting to get to know someone and like I'm surprised to say like I'm sad to say that I go on a lot of dates where it's like they just want to talk so I'm like okay that's fine but like what is this then like you could just talk to your friends or your mom um that's a big red flag I think just, like, you know, table manners is big for me. It's huge.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Huge. And, you know, like, I also just think, like, being a fuckboy, like, you know. But at the end of the day, like, it's really simple. If a guy likes you, you will know. If he doesn't, you will be confused. And every time a girl is like, so do you think I should, like, move on? I'm like, if you're asking me, like, you know the answer. Yes, yeah. And it's like. It's the best thing, though, when you get ghosted, when you get rejected, when you don't – because you, it's not you don't waste any more time. You got it. You move on. And, like, my dad taught me that, and it sucked to hear it first. I hated it. I was like, but I don't want to move on. But it's like the older you get and the more people that you see in this world, there's so many people you're going to find your person. Don't waste your time trying to force it with someone that doesn't
0: want to be with you because they just don't like you that much, and that's okay. What about green flags? Are there things that guys do that you're like, Hell yeah. That's definitely like.
1: I think like chivalry, like paying or like opening the door, or like, like those are things that I'm like, oh, okay. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm, I'm independent. I live alone. I'm sorry. I live with my roommate. Like I'm with girls a lot. So like seeing, you know, that kind of thing. And I also like, it's someone who also like, I I think for me, it's like someone who's independent and like, but like is showing you that he's into you, but like not being too available, like not being like all up in your shit. It's just like, but also like, it's a chase, it's a game. And like, whatever, whoever says like, oh, but don't play the game. Well, that's just not how it works. Like men, you know, like our hunter back to hunter gatherers, like they went and they went out to hunt. Like their whole thing is like chasing. So if you're like, here I am. And they're like, oh, I want to date. And is it to go on a date? It's like, yes, I'm free all day. And tomorrow and a day after that, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, ew, no, they need to feel a little bit of friction there. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be like, oh, fuck. Like, how long should I wait then to text him? Or like, well, should I just lie? No, you should have your own fucking life and do things that make you happy. And if he can fit into your schedule, fantastic. And if he can't, then he's going to have to find another time.
0: Do you think that guys should pay on the first date? Um.
1: Oh. See, my roommate's like, like I split everything, split everything, split everything. I'm a fucking hardo feminist. Like I don't want to pay on the first date. I think I got you.
0: So we have a segment here that we like to call shots, and I'm gonna ask you rapid fire questions. They're just quick, easy, this or that questions. So are you ready to do shots? Let's go. All right. You no know early bird or night owl. Early bird, always. Good hair or good brows? Hair. iPhone or Android? I can't believe you're even asking.
1: Obviously, fucking iPhone. Vodka or tequila? Ooh, tough.
0: I'd say both. Zoom or FaceTime? FaceTime. Money or fame? <laughs> Fam. <laughs> Spicy <laughs> or
1: mild? Ah oh, God. I'm, I don't know. I hate myself for saying that. I mean, I think, like,
0: money and fame together uh spicy or mild spicy socks or house slippers slippers coffee or drink state or what coffee or drink state coffee or drinking like a date coffee
1: or drinks oh coffee or drinks date
0: oh drinks i'm not being sober on a date drinks first baby Uh, (laughs) and if you had a boat what would you name it let's fucking go Let's fucking vote.
1: <laughs> Let's fucking vote. <boat. laughs>
0: All right. So where can people find you?
1: I'm Serena Kerrigan on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now TikTok. I just went viral. I'm blowing the fuck up. So you're going to want to ride this fucking train with me because it's about to be big.
0: Wait, literally, I'm obsessed with TikTok. Obsessed.
1: I just went, I, I have like $25,000 in like four days. Legit.
0: Literally How?
1: Because I like have a really defined brand and I'm funny as fuck. And like, I've been making content since I was a freshman in high school. So like, I get, I got it. Like I mm-hmm. figured it out. Like if you want to grow on TikTok, like don't do the fucking dances unless you're a fucking dancer, mm-hmm. which I was doing in the beginning. So then I was like, oh, I'm funny. I've already created so much content. I just need to rejigger it a little bit and put it on TikTok. And I did. And it blew up.
0: Because I'm an icon. Okay, bitch. That's why. It's true. You heard it here first and last. Thanks so much to Serena for coming on. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode of Drinks First Cocktail Hour as much as I had fun recording it. And you can find Drinks First at drinks.first on Instagram and drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani. and You can find me on Instagram at ariananathani28. See ya.